Hey folks, Josh here. This fall at Gen Con, the largest tabletop gaming convention in the world, our show will be hosting its very first live recording session, taking place August 2nd at 8 p.m. in the Crown Plaza Hotel in Indianapolis. This show will include a one-time recording of a What's in the Rift one-shot, as well as a prize drawing amongst ticketed guests where we'll be handing out exclusive What's in the Rift Gen Con 2024 custom t-shirts, as well as a Cortex Prime RPG handbook signed by the system's creator, Cam Banks. Tickets are $6 and available via Gen Con's events page. You can find more information and a link to the sales portal at rift.show forward slash live. We can't wait to see you there. Rusty Quill presents. Or do we know what we're going to call this shit? What about <laughs> riffing on the rift? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's so much worse. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm just going to drop something in here and I can <laughs> always ADR it later. Nearly, <laughs> that's not bad. Welcome to Riffin' on the Rift, an infrequent and often unscheduled companion podcast to What's in the Rift. All right, welcome to Riffin' on the Rift. I am Josh Burgess, and I'm your host this evening. With me, I have Yolandi Hamilton, who will be telling us tonight about her world. And joining me from the cast is Grayson Stan, Ryan Daler, and Joseph Rutledge as well. Thank you, Yolandi, for agreeing to tell us about your world tonight and a little bit more about Blanche Boyer, your character that you play. Yolandi, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? So in addition to being a great big giant nerd, I'm also active in community theater. I both perform in and teach different types of theater. I teach improv to kids mostly. I also make dice with my company Enchanted Serpent Dice. I have uh, extensive experience in the personal styling industry. I'm a mom. I love cats and I love to travel. Coffee is my jam. Okay. So obviously very one dimensional. (laughs) Absolutely. I have have nothing going on in my life. It's very boring. (laughs) Great. Let's kick it off. Why don't you tell me what is different about the world from which Blanche hails? The world from which Blanche hails is... A monotheistic world and not in the sense that all there is just one God and a battle of religions over like my version of God is right or my version is right. There is only the one that is Jason Christ. Sorry, Jason Christ. Jason Christ, a verifiable deity, if you will, through the history records has been documented. So whereas in our reality and like real reality, we have these holy books. We have the Bible, the Quran, et cetera. They all document Jesus's journey. In Blanche's world, these books are not hearsay or handed down stories. They are actual historical documents that there was someone who followed him around, documented everything he did, and they have been stored and treasured as absolutely precious because they have his entire life in these books. Less reliance on an oral tradition, then, is what you're saying. Yes. So what kind of impacts does that have for the world? There are a lot of monotheistic religions in our world. Are there still Muslims? Are there still followers of Jainism and Buddhism? Are there 
still other religions in your world? The only other religion that exists aside from Jasonism is Taoism and it's underground. It's something people do in secret, kind of like witchcraft around here, which isn't so secret anymore, but 18th century secret societies where they were meeting at these remote castles in the woods and like doing these rituals and weird stuff. This is what Taoists have to do, but it's not like weird rituals and stuff. It's just Taoism. Just reading about Confucius? Just reading about Confucius, (laughs) yes. Is the only thing different about Jason himself then that he was dying? documented because a lot of folks are documented, but they're not founders of world religions. I mean, Napoleon Bonaparte, as far as I know, doesn't have a a cult following. Does Jason have any other merits other than claiming to be God and having been part of the historical record? Uh, Along with this historical record, there are also some verified miracles. It's still considered divine intervention for him to walk on water, which he did. They have that totally documented and all the witnesses who saw it, that's been passed down as like, oh, my great, 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 great grandmother on my mother's side was there kind of a thing. A lot more greats now, but you get the point. I I think there are people that fervently believe Jesus was part of the historical record and did these miracles as portrayed. Why did it catch on so much in your world? Well, in addition to the written record, there's also biological evidence. Oh, hair and semen samples? (laughs) Yes, hair and semen from, you know, those wild orgies with Uh all the disciples. Sure. (laughs) Um, No, it's... Just because his life was documented so thoroughly, they were able to pinpoint the burial. When they went to this place, they were able to collect hair sample and trace it directly to him. It's basically outcompeted or rather forwent all other religions, meaning that it's just Jasonism. Right. Was Jason himself any different than the Jesus that we know? It's not so much that you could say he was really that different, but because he was so well documented, his character and his personality traits were much more detailed and fully fleshed out in all of these documents. We know what kind of person he was. Yeah, he he was a really good guy, but we also know that he tended to smoke too much. So smoke too much. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Smoking the reefer. (laughs) Jason is a big old pothead. There are annual festivals around the world where people get together and like pot is widely accepted as a way to bring yourself closer to Jason. I'm moving to Yolandi's world. (laughs) (laughs) Not a bad place. So in recaps of these, if you catch footage on the news, you'll see like nuns smoking a blunt and... Jason impersonators on their skateboards. He was really like dutified right before the turn of the century. It didn't make sense to a lot of people. There are still purists who don't partake of like the dude bro Jason. It's a dudity, not a deity. (laughs) (laughs) A dudity. Yes, I love it. It sounds to me like they put like an old school David Blaine in charge of everything. (laughs) Built up a religion around it. Yeah, right. (laughs) Like what makes him um, holy, I guess, just because he performed like a miracle or? The disciples in this reality, they didn't just follow him around and learn what he had to say and internalize it. They wrote it all down. So rather than pass it via word of mouth, while they were there with him, they were almost, they were scribing everything that he said. So they were like those court stenographers, um, (laughs) but 
with a quill Jason and, a and his 12 stenographers <laughs> Jason and his 12 stenographers so then like the economy of the world that you live in is it any different based on this or is it the same just with a different coat of paint on it it's pretty much the same just with a different coat of paint Jason didn't stop capitalism Jason couldn't stop capitalism unfortunately believe uh, <laughs> he tried the question that I have is for for any monolithic religion like this anything where there is one religion there is only one like path to follow what kind of effects does that have on the world because to me it sounds kind of sinister even though you've got Jason as a dude bro and a verifiable deity at least according to your holy texts are there other like darker things going on with the world religion of jason oh of course i mean just because jason was a good person and wanted you to love thy neighbor and all that jazz smoke it if you got it (laughs) there are still people who abuse that and use it to their advantage to hunt people down and accuse them mainly of taoism uh but to prove that they are better than others and that they wield the control in society. And some of these are the preachers within the church. They utilize their authority with the church to keep people under their thumb, so to speak. So just just because there's the one religion, like we're not all fighting about religion, but we're still fighting with each other about like who's holier than thou. Oh, so I mean, Jason was a cool dude, but people still suck. Jason was a cool dude, but people still suck. Yeah. Wait, I think that was one of his quotes, actually. <laughs> what are some positive spins on your society due to Jason that we don't have in ours? You mentioned that he was more relaxed, so people are more open with each other. But is there uh, parts of society that are obviously better now because of it? Yeah, there's a lot more personal freedom and there are a lot less gender issues. So traditional gender roles of women do this, men do this, like those don't really exist because Jason was such a a relaxed dude. His disciples were both men and women and he treated them both equally and fairly. And so the whole women are subservient to men never really grabbed hold. So there's that that is gone. In addition to that, we don't have religious suppression of women in the world and we don't have holy wars. So a lot of the conflicts that you would have learned about in history class that were religion based just didn't happen because the other religions never existed. Well, that's, essentially. that's wild to me. No yeah. crusades, no, no crusade. With, yeah. yeah okay. Did you have witch trials or anything or is that all gone too? But what about the Spanish Inquisition? <laughs> yeah. No, no Moors, no Reconquista. Like that's, that is a major alteration that yeah, I had no to consider. Right. Right. Hmm. Oh, what about individuals that hadn't heard of Jason, uh, like isolated groups, when they were presented with the idea that Jason existed and was this all-powerful deity, how did they take it? Because they probably had their own spiritualistic beliefs. Did they naturally become accustomed to uh, Jason's teachings? When presented with Jason and his ways, they pretty much ignored it, but not for long because, you know, how people are there. You're with us or against us. 
that is the one thing that still exists in this world is that they couldn't just let them live their life. They had to steamroll them because they feel so justified in their beliefs with all these historical documents to prove like this is an actual person. He actually said and did these things. You have to believe this because it's true. Yeah, I was wondering along those lines, is there anything like an atheist that exists? Do people, because you said the Taoists are underground, is there even further underground? Can somebody go through their life not believing and still have a normal life? They absolutely could, but they would be found out. So even Taoists still make appearances at their local churches because they don't want to be found out. They need to keep their cover so there's not sort any sort of organization around people who, as you were suggesting, believe that he existed, but that's spun incorrectly. No, it's really, really hard to dispute the documentation. And those who have tried have been committed to a padded room in a straitjacket. So does the church culture in this place, is it like it is in America? Is it like Sunday or is it just constant Jason? Oh, no, you can't escape church culture. Everything is done through the church. Like you network through the church. You go to church on Sunday and you tell that church lady that you're looking for a job. And by the time you leave, you've got six messages. It's pretty hard to exist in the economy and like create a livelihood without being connected through the church. That's fascinating because it sounds like the church has replaced a lot of societal structure. Does that mean that there's speed dating? Is that done through your local Jasonite branch then? Are you are you matchmaking with through a church service? People still date pretty typically. Sometimes you just meet someone out somewhere and may not go to the same branch of the church. Depending on the size of your city, you probably have multiples of them. It's entirely possible that you would meet somebody out in the community that doesn't go to your church and you hit it off and start dating. There's also the yieldy matchmaker, like every church does have a matchmaker. And so the matchmakers all talk. I think of them like the ants who just like sit around in a corner conspiring about all of their nieces and nephews, except it's all of the single people within their church. They are trying to connect other single people at other churches. And it's a very unstructured, structured service. And they're always meddling. Like you can't just be single. They're like, you should be paired off. Nobody should be alone. Everyone should have someone to smoke a blunt with. <laughs> Fair enough. It sounds like there's a ubiquity to it. There's no escaping it. So even if you were of a different mindset, or maybe you believe that Jason was a deity, but that was 2000 years ago. And what does that matter now? You still can't escape it because it is so ingrained in your society in the society of Blanche's world rather. Is that accurate? That is completely accurate. It sounds like hell. I don't want to be in the world as much anymore. Do you guys have a proven afterlife? Well, no, we don't have that. No, nobody has gone to the other side and come back and documented that. So until someone dies and brings back verifiable like video recording, we're we're not gonna (laughs) we're not gonna be able to prove that. Show Um, what happened with your disposable camera. I just need a few photos uh, of the pearly gates, you guys. I'm, I'm not going to stay. I got a picture of Jason, guys. <laughs> Do you have a Sam's Club? I need to get this developed. No? Oh, okay. Right? 
But that is the other part of this world that is sinister, as you mentioned earlier, and it sounds kind of overtly sinister, that is a part of it. It's almost the conspiracy theories of Illuminati, like secretly running the world. It's not so secretly running the world, this church. They're pretty out in the open and they have a hand in all the politics. So you still have like your traditional governments, you still have those organizations, but the church has a very big hand in legislation and things that get passed and don't get passed. And that's a very sinister part of this world. Uh, So you said earlier that there's traditionalists who view Jason as more of the kind of perfect uh, example of what he should be and less of a dude bro. Are there an opposite fashion to that where they believe that all of this overwhelming structure and this kind of um, you have to fit into these ideals is anti-Jason in nature and think that everyone should be able to just live their life regardless of what they believe Jason is or isn't? So there's been growing unrest in the church and it's One of those things that has been underground for a long time, but you're hearing about it more and more in like the whispers and like with people who are questioning the relevance that Jason has in the world. And someone had said it. It's been thousands of years since this person existed. And yes, he verifiably existed. But what relevance does he have in our world, in our society today? Like, should we still be following this as closely as we are? Some of those people think, no, that we shouldn't, that we need to to re-examine what he was saying, what he was teaching, and analyze it and apply it in a way that's relevant to society and the way we've evolved technologically, scientifically, philosophically today versus the way things were thousands of years ago when Jason was alive. It sounds like this world is rapidly approaching having its nailing a 95 theses to the door of a church moment. Uh, I mean, it very well could be. Who knows? We'll, We'll have to wait and see. Okay, so we know a lot about the world that Blanche is from now. I'm wondering a little bit more about Blanche herself. Can you tell me a little bit about Blanche's background? So Blanche comes from a small family in Idaho, remote, not like a major city that you would have heard of. And she was the good church girl, you know, growing up, she attended all the services, was a part of all the functions, did all the volunteering, all the things that you're supposed to do in society as a good member and standing with the church. However, now as she has approached, uh, well, she's been out of college for for four or so years, which she did not finish. She has fallen into this group of people that I just mentioned who are questioning the relevancy of Jasonism. She's done a lot of investigative work to figure out are all of these things actually documented. She's questioning not only is he relevant, but did he actually exist? And there are a handful of people that you'll come across who go that deep into it. But by her very nature, she's incredibly inquisitive. She's having that come to Jason moment, I guess we'll say, uh, (laughs) where she's starting to realize that not everything you're told is something that you should take at face value and you should be asking questions and you should come to your own conclusion because that's something that severely lacks in this world is people coming to their own conclusions. They just rely on, well, Jason will handle it. Um, Jason, take the wheel. Yes, Jason, take the wheel. (laughs) And also with you. (laughs) <laughs> and also with you guys. And so now there was Blanche one is. Footsteps in the sand. <laughs> they were Jason. That's where Jason was they carrying were Jasons. you. 
<laughs> it's yeah. when Jason was carrying. <laughs> it's when I was carrying Jason yeah. because he smoked too hard. Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> no, yeah. So uh, she's starting to question things, and it's this questioning that actually led her to the rift. Are there any other details about Blanche that we should know? Should we cover the parrot? Yes. Yeah. So Johnson is her childhood parrot that one day after Sunday school, she let go. She came home from Sunday school. She was about six or seven. And she took Johnson out of his cage. And, you know, she's a chondroplegic. So like it's a tiny little hand. And she's got this little bird on her hand. And she's okay, Johnson. Now, Jason says, if you love something, you set it free. And I love you. And so I know you'll come back to me. And she lets it go. And of course, it didn't come back. It, it's an animal. It flew away. But everywhere she goes, she's looking for this little parakeet because it was one of the only things she really loved. Did that color Blanche's later skepticism about Jason then? I would say the seeds of doubt were sown. Interesting. Because, I mean, you could argue that she misinterpreted the meaning of that passage. But to a six or seven year old, I don't think that nuance would be readily available, right? Right. Huh. I want to talk about some of the mechanics of Blanche. Yeah. We obviously are using the Cortex Prime system. Cortex Prime is a system that's a little bit unlike the D&D that most people are familiar with or other D20-based systems. And that is the majority of systems out there these days. Cortex Prime instead uses every die except for a D20, but it is a dice pool game. We take elements of a character sheet which we have custom crafted for this game as part of Cortex Prime, is assembling the game that you want to play. So we have different mods that we use. And those are distinctions, which every Cortex Prime game will use. Relationships, because we are telling a story that is ultimately character-driven and about the relationships that these people will form with one another. Assets, because what they gain through their investigations and unraveling the mystery of the rift are important. Their specialties, what they have gotten good at through their travels and practices. And SFX, or special effects. These are things that their character can do that no other character can really do. I'm going to talk a little bit about Blanche's character and some of the things that she has. Certain elements, such as the relationships, are going to be generally the same for everyone on the show. Blanche also has a deeper relationship with her mother and father, Denise and Gary, and her parakeet, Johnson. Can you tell me a little bit about Gary and Denise and why you have a deeper relationship with them? Well, they're my mom and dad, first and foremost. That in and of itself is deeper. But they have been the guiding force and influence in my life since I was born, aside from the church. And they are incredibly involved in the church, very devout. They follow Jason's teachings like to the letter. So were it ever to come out that I question these teachings whatsoever, it would have disastrous consequences for our relationship. Definitely with mom, maybe a little less so with dad. He's been very supportive and forgiving. But with mom, she she would just disown Blanche completely. Mom's a little bit more devout. Oh, yeah. She's the one like you don't eat a candy out of the dish without thanking Jason for the bounty that he's provided you with. Is that a typical type of person for your world? It's kind of old school. She's very old school. Okay. She still lives with Gary and Denise as well, doesn't she? She does still live with Gary and Denise, yes. What's the story there? Because Blanche is how old? Oh, she's in her mid-20s, pushing later 20s. She lives with mom and dad because she dropped out of college. 
Let's talk a little bit about Blanche's specialties. We have two types of specialties. We have the major specialty, which will add a D12 to the dice pool. And we have the minor specialty, which will add a D8 to the dice pool. Blanche has the following. Under major, she has investigator and spiritualist. And under minor, metaphysicist and manager. Can you tell me a little bit about her major specialties investigator and spiritualist? So investigator is all about her finding the truth. And this is with the various situations she's encountered where Jason's teachings haven't exactly aligned up with what's going on in reality, such as letting Johnson go. That was something that really shook her and made her wonder how much of what he said is true and how much of it is relevant. So she is always looking for answers. And as for spiritualists, that just comes from being within the church and her studies of trying to understand the inner workings of the religion. Okay, great. And then the minor specialties of metaphysicist and manager. So with metaphysicist, she has these other phenomena within the teachings of Jason and the miracles. And then the manager part of that, she's very good at organizing problems. And this comes from being in the church. And then the last section that we'll cover today is SFX. Every Cortex Prime game that uses special effects has a hindrance of some sort. Blanche's calling back to her investigative nature is called Is That a Fact? And like every other hindrance, she can choose to step down a distinction die by two. So in this instance, a distinction die is a D8 that would then be rolled as a D4 and gain a plot point. You were tasked with coming up with two unique special effects of your own, and the two that you chose were called You Wouldn't Hurt a Kid and Immaculate Deception Detector. You Wouldn't Hurt a Kid allows you to spend a plot point and introduce a D6 complication to a character called Pang of Morality if they aren't aware that Blanche is not a child. Can you tell me why you chose that for Blanche? So having a chondroplasia, she's incredibly short and often mistaken for a child. She's been places like at the grocery store and people will come up behind her and be like, oh, honey, where's your mom and dad? And she turns around and she's like, what do you mean my mom and dad? I haven't needed my mom and dad to go to the store for the last six years or longer than six years. Um, she's 20 but, years old. <laughs> Mom, I gotta go get I needed my mom and dad to go to the store for years. So, you know, like, what are you talking about? And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were a lost child. She's able to use that to her advantage when she is in a situation where someone wants to cause her harm and she puts on the kid voice and she's gotten herself out of trouble a couple of times. So a little devious then, huh? A little devious, yeah. And then Immaculate Deception Detector, you may spend three plot points, which is quite a hefty cost, to automatically succeed at a contest or test to determine if someone is lying. With spending so much time in the church, people like to embellish, like despite the fact that all of Jason's life and teachings are verifiably documented. They still come in, into contact with people who take some small detail and embellish it. So having spent a lot of time around that, she can be very good at picking up on you're full of bullshit. 
All right. I want to thank you so much, Yolandi, for joining us and being featured on our very first episode of Riffin' on the Rift. I have to say I am absolutely enthralled with the world that you've built and the character of Blanche. I think that we are going to have a lot of fun with this concept going forward as things start to blend and meld amongst all your worlds and the interplay of having Jason in a world where everybody is taking psychedelic drugs to deal with death will be especially interesting which we'll talk about next time when we talk to Joseph about Tosca Orange. Thank you and bye. It's a shitty outro. I liked it. It was really good. Bye. This has been Riffin' on the Rift. Join us next time as we discuss Joseph's character Tosca, who inhabits a world with a culture predicated on preparing oneself for death from the moment of birth. Thank you, and bye. What's in the Rift and Riffin' on the Rift are Gas Station Drugs Productions.